You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action, ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all of the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson. Chase Croshaw with me as always. Chase, how you feeling on this lovely Saturday? Uh, I'm I'm feeling pretty decent, actually. Feeling a little better. Uh, you know, had had a little minor operation earlier in the week, which is why we, you know we recorded our Thursday episode so early and missed a couple things that we will talk about on this show. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm doing better. Just kind of kind of vibing, looking outside. You know, as we always talk about on the show, I, I love the view when there's snow on the ground, but the snow's starting to melt. I can you know see little patches here and there. I'm starting to see some grass again. You know, sometimes it's nice, especially you know, we're starting to get into March. But like I, I, I'm not a fan when I can just you know I see a big patch of grass and I see a big patch of snow. Like just give me one or the other. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I think we are getting going to be getting full grass coming up because I think on Wednesday it's supposed to reach nearly fifty degrees out. Uh, currently forty six out, so uh, I'm 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 loving life. I was just taking a shower, listening to "Drinking Problem" by Midland. Uh, great song if you want like a kind of beachy vibe uh, where you can just you know relax by the water and um, drink some beers. I'm I'm sure some people. People that are in nicer climate right now are actually doing that and they're kind of rubbing it in our face, but uh, that's okay. And Chase, you talked, I think it was two nights ago on Xbox with John and I that you were surprised that you feel good, you know, Um, like you said, you had a little minor operation you expected to, I guess, just not feel as good as you did. So can you talk about that a little bit, how, you know, you expected to be a little bit worse off, but, you know, you're just such a strong boy that you feel great. (laughs) Strong boy. Wow. It's a little weird. But uh, regardless, yeah, I don't don't know. It's strange. You know, when the operation was explained to me, it sounded like there was going to be a pretty big incision made and it's just going to be left open. Um, and you know, that a similar incision was made, it was left open, wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be. Um, and really my only issue, like a feeling like bad afterwards was just coming like back from the anesthetic and from the pain meds that had me on in the hospital. Once the anesthetic was, you know, fully out of my system and the pain meds were out of my system, like I had some pain, but you know, I I've been dealing with, with this issue for, you know, four or five years now. So I'm, I'm used to this level of pain. So it's really nothing 
like even too new. It's it's just I don't know. It's strange. It's, it's, I I thought I was just gonna be like dead on the couch for a week or two. Well, that's really good. I'm glad. So, uh, everyone, Chase is okay. You guys don't have to put up with just me for today. Uh, and we got a great show today. So, starting off, we're going to be talking about a new proposed rule in the NHL. Um, it's pretty interesting. Then we're going to go into a game review and preview. Then we're going to be talking about the Panarin situation, going a little bit deeper into that. Very excited to talk about that. But before we start everything, Chase, I need your help. Okay. So. January 1st, New Year's, New Year's Eve, was the last time I had some real fun with drinks involved. Tonight, Saturday night, this is why we're recording a little early, um, forewarning, I plan on getting absolutely sloshed tonight, it's in a safe environment, it's been a long time, it's been uh, nearly three months since I've had some real good fun with some alcohol, so... um, I, I don't want to come on super hungover tomorrow and record. So that's why we're doing it a little bit early. Um, but Chase, it's been a while. I don't know what to get. I haven't gone out yet. So I've seen uh, these new Bud Light seltzers that are out of the office. They got some new flavors. Those look, those look interesting. Also, the Corona Sunrises that I've seen all over Twitter and TikTok. I don't know if you've seen those. It's got Corona, um, orange juice and tequila. That looks good. I was even thinking about buying like four or five bottles of like actual booze and making my own uh, Long Islands. I don't know. You got any suggestions for me? I really want to try those uh, Bud Light seltzer out of the office things. I'm not a big seltzer guy, but one of the people that we game with, she told me that like they are pretty good. And I, you know, I looked up the flavors like, damn, it sounds pretty, pretty damn good. I, I, so I really want to try those. So I'd maybe recommend that. But at the same time, you can't go wrong with a Long Island, dude. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm not exactly sure what to go for right now. I do still have some tequila at my place. I'm a big tequila guy. So I'll probably be bringing that anyways, doing some tequila shots because honestly, I love seltzers because they are easy to drink. And when you're playing a lot of drinking games, you need stuff like that. The, the problem with them is they don't get me drunk. So I need uh, something a little bit stronger. So we'll see what happens. I'll keep everyone up to date on that. Um, If anyone listening has a favorite drink, you're not going to be able to help me because it's Saturday and this episode releases Monday. But if you have a favorite drink, let us know at Bolts Broadcast on Twitter. Um, Let us know what your favorite drink is. And maybe I'll have to give that a try the next time I go to a fun little get together. But Chase, we'll hop into the actual episode now. Starting off, the new proposed rule, a player salary exemption. Talk about it, what it is, and then we can talk about our opinions on it. Yeah, so this uh, proposed rule, it began from NHL agent Kurt Overhart, represents guys like Ryan Johansson, Jacob Truba, John Gibson, Kyle Turris, Mike Smith, blah, blah, blah. Uh, He keeps going on. So he proposed this rule that, you know, maybe NHL teams or like the NHL in general really needs to implement a player salary exemption, uh, exactly what it would be is you would choose one player, you know, you deem as your franchise player and whatever you're paying them is, it just doesn't count on the books. So, you know, you, you go to Edmonton, Connor McDavid, he's making 12 and a half million dollars. You deem him your franchise player. That money's off the books. That gives, you know, it gives you money to be able to, uh, you know, sign some supplemental help. Uh, it, it's, it's an interesting rule. Um, I, I you know, I, I get why, a, why an agent wants this rule to happen because, it just means that their their clients are gonna be making more money. Uh, you know, if you know every team, their franchise players, if they're all making north of seven million dollars, it's an extra seven million dollars that 
is just available for, for signing players. I, I wouldn't blame an agent wanting this. As an NHL GM, I mean, I couldn't imagine not wanting this either, though, because it just gives you, you know, more room to work with. Uh, you know, Connor McDavid, we've talked like about it before. It just feels like he's alone there. Sure, you got Leandre Seidel, uh, you knew which is playing well this year. Puliarvi's kind of back and figuring out maybe a little bit, but he's just he's been in the league for five, six seasons now and has never really had that like help that he like, truly needs and deserves. And a rule like this would allow that to happen. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not really sure how I feel about it, honestly. So I I think it'd be a cool idea. Obviously, I I feel like more things would have to play into it. Like, for example, if you deem someone your franchise player, then automatically they can't be um, traded for their whole contract or something. Uh, Something to make their a punishment just in case. Uh, I I don't know. I I feel like there's got to be some extra stuff to it. But also, I feel like if you're a good GM, you can maneuver the cap. And I mean, look at our Tampa Bay Lightning, how GM Brisebois have been has been able to maneuver the cap with Stamkos, Point, Kucherov, uh, Sorelli, uh, Sergachev, Hedman, like all these great players. If you're a really good GM, you shouldn't need this rule. So and I'd be interested to see um, some more about it, learn some more about it, see if there is like a punishment side to it. Yeah, you know, I, I get what you're saying. And, you know, I, I'd be all for that. Maybe like each season you got to kind of like, yeah, there's a deadline. You got to choose your franchise player for the years um, because if if you sign someone to an eight-year deal and, you know, they you, you deem them their, their franchise player, they get down to two years left in the deal. They're getting close to retiring. They don't have a championship they want to win if they're just trapped there. You know, that's not something that the player is going to want. But I, I do like that idea they had. So if there's a way to, to figure that out, you know, sure, that'd be great. Um, the My biggest issue with this rule, though, you know, I, I, I like it like, generally. But my biggest issue is there's markets out there that make a lot more money than others. Uh, like some teams, everyone has the same salary cap, sure. But some teams just flat out can't afford to, to pay, you know, like to the salary cap that other teams can. It just it's not doable. Their ownership won't allow it or the ownership doesn't have the money to do it. Um, you know, you know, there's teams and those are mostly teams in smaller markets. Uh, if, if they just, you know, if this rule comes into play, um, someone can go make a shit ton of money, go somewhere else and, uh, you know, play there and then leave these smaller markets where the smaller markets, they might have to, you know, make do with, uh, you know, less valuable franchise player. So, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to it. There's ways it could work, ways that it wouldn't work. Um, it's, it's something that I don't know if we're going to see it or, what the whole deal is, but it was just a, you know, like a, a neat idea that I felt like we definitely should talk about. Yeah, for sure. A neat idea. And yeah, I agree. If someone's having their franchise player as Connor McDavid, the best player in the league, and then another team can't afford to add extra salary cap or, um, you know, whatever it is. And their franchise player is like, I don't know, Victor Arvidsson, Big difference there. So um, definitely interesting to keep an eye on and excited to see how much talk it gets. Excited to see if this actually becomes a, um, you know, a a meeting wide, a a league wide meeting proposal that like teams are going to vote on or if it's going to get kind of like thrown out before it even gets to that point. But uh, Chase, let's move on to some Tampa news. Anthony Sorelli and Eric Chernak expected to play tonight, Saturday night against the Dallas Stars. Sorelli, he's been out for six games and Chernak, he went out the second half of Thursday's game by blocking a shot. Two guys that we're very excited to have back because both guys are big helps to this team. 
Oh, absolutely. And I mean, we finally get to play Dallas. We've been waiting all season since the Stanley Cup final last year. Uh, it's, you know, it's happening finally. And we should have a, you know, pretty, pretty healthy roster. Obviously, you know, you know Kucherov in the lineup. But, uh, you know, beside that, you know, the, the team's looking like they're they're in a good spot. It, it should be two very good games coming up and we're going to f- feature a, f- a fairly full lineup. I'm super excited. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a great Stanley Cup rematch to look forward to. But Chase, we got to look back now at the Carolina Hurricanes games. Uh, We didn't cover the first game because we just didn't feel like it. And then we predicted to go two and one against in in our next three games against the Canes. Wasn't the case. We went three and oh, I was very shocked, but very happily surprised. Um, uh, You can't ask for more than that. No, I mean, you really can't. And it wasn't like, you know, just squeak by. It, it, it was a good play, too. You know, it, it was a, a great combined effort in terms of the offense and de- defensive side of the games. You know, that let's see, that total would be 11 goals scored in three games while only letting up three. You know, that that's like that's that perfect, you know, like supplementing that offensive defense that you need to win. Yeah, absolutely. And the goaltending for our Tampa Bay Lightning was great as well. Uh, Vasilevsky, I mean, the the guy's a beast. And we had him in our buy, hold, sell segment on Thursday talking, will he be top three in wins? Um, I mean, when he's playing like this, when he's playing like he did against the Canes, then obviously he's got to be top three. So uh, he played great and we got some good depth scoring from the team. It led to three victories in a row over the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, Alex Nadalkovich, though, he did see some play time and he did, you know, pretty decent for the Canes. They they might have found their I mean, all three of their goalies played great this year, but he might have they might have found their actual starting goaltender for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, Nadal Jokovic should have been an NHL goalie, you know, maybe even last season. He's got the talent. He was a super talented kid coming out of uh, the OHL. Ever, you know, he had like that just really good technical goalie skills that you need out of a future NHL goaltender. Uh, he's finally getting an opportunity. He, he's showing off pretty well. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm happy for him. He's you know he's someone that's local to to the area, so it you got you got to root for those guys, right? Yes, absolutely. And Chase, I talked about how we were currently. I think it was in Monday's episode. It might have been Thursday's episode. Either way, they were recorded on the same day. So I talked about how our Tampa Bay Lightning were in fourth place. Well, after three victories over Carolina, we have now jumped up to second place. We're only one point behind Florida with a game in hand as well. So the team looking very good right now. Um, Games against Dallas coming up uh, tonight and Tuesday. Uh, Dallas currently 6-5-4. Even though their record doesn't really show it, they are going to be very good competition. They were obviously in the Stanley Cup against us last year and then we also have Chicago coming up and that's a team that we definitely want to dive deep into next episode because they are uh surprising a lot of people yeah they're, they're kind of a wagon I mean they're a super talented team uh apparently you know more than we thought they were going to be like they're they're getting it done Kevin Lankinen's having you know a great season we're going to talk more about it uh really more in depth on Thursday's episode but also I 
almost forgot to say this when we were talking about our previous games. Uh, Ross Colton made his NHL debut and scored, you know, just about six and a half minutes in. Just, you know, a good scrappy goal in front of the net. Victor Hedman passed it out in front of him. He taps it in. So congrats to Ross Colton. I uh, just did not want to forget to say that. Yeah, absolutely. Things you love to see. Uh, now, Chase, let's dive a deep into the Dallas games just a little bit more. We, we know this Dallas Stars team. Obviously, we played them in the Stanley Cup Finals. We saw how good they could be. Anton Kudobin and Ben Bishop, good goaltenders. They've got Joe Pavelski still lighting it up. Alexander Radulov still there. John Klinberg, Miro Heiskanen. They've got some great players. However, things haven't gone their way quite yet. I don't know if it's because the team just uh, isn't really clicking right now or if it's because the fact that they can't really get into a rhythm because of all these game cancellations. Either way, it's going to be a good series. What are some what what's something that you have to look out for as a Tampa Bay Lightning fan as coming from a Tampa Bay Lightning perspective? What's something you got to look out for against the Dallas Stars? Well, I mean, like first and foremost, Joe Pavelski is just <clears throat> on fire. Ten goals, ten assists, twenty points. He, he he's been playing well, so you you got to find a way you know suppress him. And even if the team isn't gelling, when you still have you know a roster full of Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan, Alexander Radulov, John Klingberg. Uh, you know, there's even like, I mean, I was question my high school too, but there's even like younger guys like Jason Robertson who's been playing really well. Rupe Hints, you know, we know him a little more from last season. Dennis Gurianov's really starting to come into his own. Like they've got all this talent and it's just really defensively, it's just not coming together when they've had some success offensively. Uh, it's a better team than they're showing and it's going to start clicking eventually. It just is a really all of a matter of when, um, you know, that, that that could start this way. It could start in, in these matchups, even if they don't win these games. If Tampa goes 2-0, we could really see Dallas, you know, kind of figuring out and then just get hot after this. I really wouldn't surprise me. So you, you got to be really strong defensively. You know, Vasilevsky, if he's on his A game, it's not really going to be much issue because when he's on his A game, you know, no one's scoring on him anyway. Um, so as, as long as you're sharp defensively and you can supplement that defense with two or three goals, you know, this should be a... A decent series, a decent enough series for us to win. Yeah, and we're so thankful to have Sorelli and Chernak back because those two guys play a key role in that defensive game that you were just talking about that we got to be so good at. Sorelli's uh, such a good two-way forward for us, so uh, he's definitely going to have to step up. Coming back, uh, we expect him to, but we'll have to see. Chase, give me your prediction for Saturday night's game and Tuesday night's game. So I'm going to start off with a Saturday night win for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm going to go with a 3-1 to one win, uh, a good all-around team game that we're going to see. We're, we're going to see, you know, just enough offense that we need. And defensively, uh, it, it's going to be limiting those high-end chances and just kind of helping out Vasilevsky. Game two, I think it's going to be closer. Um, you know, I, I could really go either way. I don't I don't want to say this is going to be an easy, uh, you know, 2-0 series win, but also uh, I don't want to say it's going to for sure be a split. It's, it's kind of tough. But I think I'm going to go with a split. I think I'm going to go Dallas winning that game. Don't be surprised if it goes to overtime because they're going to come out a little sharper. They're going to want to get their revenge for losing in the cup final and then losing that first game of the series between the two. Um, so I, I would, you know, I'd say maybe like a four to three Dallas overtime win. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know where to go with this. Um, I want to go 2-0 for Tampa, but I feel like if there's a game they're going to come out hotter, it might be tonight's game. Um but I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm just going to predict it 2-0, Tampa Bay. Um, it'll vault us in the first place in our division, and that's what we would love to see. But uh, Chase, Claude Julian gets fired. New coach. 
And I, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because you're the name expert, even though you're complaining about not knowing the correct version of say it. Uh, so I'm putting you on hockey name of the day now. What's this coach's name? So I, I'm, I'm good with names usually. With French names, for whatever reason, I just I struggle with sometimes. So it's, it's Omnic, and I honestly, it's Ducharme. I don't know exactly for sure. I I haven't even heard it like on the TV. I've just, I've just you know read it. So who the hell knows? If I'm wrong, whatever. What what's what's new? Uh, but yeah, uh, Julian out and the new head coach with Charmy in. Uh, it's it's not too much of a surprise. Montreal started out pretty hot. Things slipped pretty quickly. Uh, Carey Price keeps getting the nut, even though he looks fucking abysmal. He's just been awful this year. Meanwhile, Jake Allen's actually like been pretty good. I don't know why he's not getting more starts. He should. Uh, if Jake Allen got more starts, I think Montreal would have a few more wins. Um, but they're a team that's really trending downward. Um, some bad habits might be forming. So the head coaching change hopefully can kind of change that, uh, you know, the chemistry and the culture of the locker room. Yeah. And this is a team that you and me had really no faith. in. I, I think we both had them in the bottom three of this North division when we were doing our predictions, uh, which I, I don't think it's really that talented of a roster when you look at the rest of the division. I mean, it's probably more talented than Edmonton if you take out McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um, but because McDavid and Dreisaitl are there, obviously, uh, there's a there's a big difference in talent there. But yeah, Montreal, I don't know. Just um, I'm a fan of Elks, Romanov, Suzuki, some of your younger guys. But like you were saying, Carey Price kind of dropping off. And the rest of the team, I just don't see as talented as many other rosters in this North Division. No, oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, it's it's a very like, underwhelming team. There's some talent, sure. Uh, there's some young talent, some older talent. There's, there's a mix. It's just not the right mix for this team. Uh, it's, it's not a mix that's going to go out and win. Carey Price's window to be like an unreal NHL goaltender, you know, that's kind of closing down, if not already closed down. He's been struggling this year. Um, it, it's it, it's about time for, for the, this team to sell. Like it, I don't know. Who exactly you sell, you figure out who who you can you know get decent value for, but make some trades. Uh, you know, obviously Montreal fans don't want that. Uh, it's a team that just has had trouble, you know, being really successful over the last few years. But if if they don't get the right pieces, and you know, they're just going to be kind of stuck, you know, in, in limbo, kind of in this just weird purgatory spot. Yeah, for sure. And the reason I bring that up because I don't know, I I don't want to say firing Claude Julian was like a, a scapegoat type thing, but. In a way, this team wasn't talented enough for really many coaches to take it far. So firing Claude Julian doesn't really, it's not that big of a deal to me because I don't think the new coach is going to be doing anything more than what Claude Julian was trying to do. So if there's locker room problems, then I totally get it, get rid of them. Um, But if it's just because the team isn't performing, well, I I think it's a talent thing. I don't think it's a coaching thing, but uh, we'll just have to see as the Montreal Canadiens go forward into their season. But Chase, here's the big story. Artemi Panarin, uh, a lot of stuff going on here. So there were stories out there about Artemi Panarin, 10 years ago, he, um, I don't know the exact wording, um, but he used physical violence against an 18-year-old woman. Uh, obviously, totally, um, like, terrible, terrible. Uh, if if that is true, that is one of the worst things. Panera needs to be, um, you know, suspended, fired, whatever. Um, take disciplinary action for sure. Um but here's the big problem right now. 
The Rangers and Panarin have come out and said, no, it's fake. That's not happening. And there has been no victim that's come out. And if no victim's coming out and saying, yeah, this happened, it's kind of hard to prove anything. Yeah, so the the problem is, uh, you know, Artemi Panarin, obviously a rush, you know, a, a Russian hockey player. Uh, Russian hockey players in the NHL have been very pro Putin. He, you know, Putin's been uh, someone who's you know allowed them to come over to the U.S. and spread his propaganda. Really, almost at the end of the day, you know, they, they get government issued credit cards. It's not a secret. Players have talked about that before. Uh, you know, they just spend the government money as they please as long as they keep spreading you know Putin's message. But Aaron's not about that. Panarin is all about democracy. You know, he's lived in the United States. He likes what was going on here. Uh, he's a big opposer of Putin. You know, um, I don't know the guy who was running against Putin, but Panarin was a big supporter of him, very vocal. Uh, and then it wasn't taken very well, obviously, by Putin. It wasn't taken well by Andrei Nazarov, who's the guy that spread the story, actually. Uh, his coach at the time of when this reported incident happened, Nazarov is... Uh, let's put it this way. Nazarov is a fucking nutcase. That, that, that's this, like the guy is insane. Um, he is very, very, very pro Putin. It's really obvious. It's, it, we've seen a lot of it in the past. Um, he is very anti us. He's just a crazy, he's a crazy hockey player. He's a crazy human being. Um, and you know, even in the report, it was like, there's mentioned something about Panarin's provocative social media posts. How, how would that have anything to do with what happened? You know, 10 years ago, something actually did happen. Uh, it just shows that it's it's this Russian propaganda story uh, for someone being anti-Putin, and it's garbage. Yeah, I agree, and it's just it's so interesting. So if if no one out there knows, um, there's a opposition leader, Alexei Navalny, who is getting support from Panarin and a lot of other people. Well, Navalny, he got put in jail. Um, I don't. I don't remember exactly why. Apparently, it was because um, at at uh, I think it was last summer he supposedly got poisoned and fled to one of the European countries, and uh, they were able to help him. And he came back, and he got arrested and put in jail for. I think fleeing or, or something along the lines of that. I could be wrong. Uh, you're definitely going to have to look at it, but. Um, now there is protests going on in Russia in favor of Navalny against Putin. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff happening. Uh, I think it's crazy that because a Russian player is supporting in support of an opposition leader, that something like this, I don't want to say that it's, um, you know, not true or um, j- just a story like this comes out and there's no proof as of right now. There could be there's no proof to it, but it, it could be just because like Putin is upset with Panarin. I don't know. I, I don't I don't want to get my words mixed up because I don't want to be getting sued or anything. It's a crazy story. ESPN Daily did something on it. Emily Kaplan was on there um, and it, it was a really good episode. I think it was like 28 minutes. If you guys want more information about it, uh, check out the ESPN Daily episode about it. It's really good. Very interesting. 
And crazy that um, Panarin has to take a leave of absence because, you know, there is some worry. What's going to happen? Uh, I was in my sports um, sports media class, I guess, here at Michigan State. And my professor was like, I, I think he's taking a leave of absence because he's hiding from like the KGB or something. Not because he's so distraught, which how crazy would that be if an NHL player is getting targeted by the KGB? I mean, I don't like. I just don't doubt it, though. Like, I, I, well, I don't care if I'm if I'm wrong. I'll eat my words. I'll very easily eat my words. I don't care because this is just like this shit just flat out not true. It is a hundred percent a fabricated story to try to, uh, you know, get Panarin maybe extradited back to Russia so they can punish him. Maybe keep him off the uh, NHL Olympic team. I heard something about that. Um, it, it, he for sure is in hiding right now, so he doesn't get targeted. Uh, he's got to you know be trying to figure out what the hell he can do for his family because he's for sure got family over in Russia still. He's probably, you know, worried about them. Hope maybe get them over to the US. Uh, you know, some Russian players have done that and even I mean even some other European countries have done that too because their living conditions weren't as great as they might be in the US. So hopefully Panarin can, you know, get his family stuff figured out. Hopefully uh this the truth of the story comes out very quickly because I would be really, really, really be shocked if we find out anything different than that it's just a completely fabricated story. Yeah, and I, I think it was in the ESPN Daily episode that I just referenced that they said they think Navalny came out, not Navalny, excuse me, Nazarov um, came out with that story because he wants to be the head coach for the Russian Olympic team. He's trying to, I, I guess, get in the favors of Putin by coming out and going against a young superstar player that is against Putin himself. So uh, a lot of craziness. And I just find Russia so interesting because it's such a wild world over there in comparison to, you know, North America. And I, I'm just so excited to see where this leads. I'm hoping nothing but safety for everyone, including Panarin and his family, um, and hoping that we we get, you know, everything about the story, about if a decade ago there was some abuse going on, uh, love to know about it, uh, but as of right now, we've got nothing, so I'm excited to see where it leads. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um like, I think we're going to ha- hopefully find out some more things in the coming weeks. You know, it sucks for the Rangers and Rangers fans that Panarin's out. I know Panarin definitely wants to be playing, too. So hopefully, you know, we, we just everything gets figured out as soon as possible. Yeah. And, and what a mess for the Rangers PR team. Um, they had the locker room fight with D'Angelo. And I don't remember who the other member was, but basically D'Angelo's now gone. Um, well, he's going to be gone. Um And then they got this with Panarin, Uh, just a lot of crazy stuff for the Rangers PR team. And uh, now with like all these players on their way out, Alexi Lafreniere still not getting the playtime that uh, people think he deserves. I know, Chase, you were talking to me about that. Uh, Why don't you tell the people about that a little bit, how Alexi Lafreniere, first overall pick, just not getting the playtime. Yeah, so here, here's the thing. When the Rangers, I don't know their exact players they had out. They, you know, they had a whole laundry list of their stars or their like power play type guys just not playing. And Alexi Lafreniere still didn't get power play time in that game. Like I, th- this guy was a first overall pick. He dominated the junior world. He dominated the world juniors as too, like as well too. Um, you know, sure, it's a step going from like juniors to the NHL. 
but he's clearly got the talent. He's an NHL ready player. It was known he's an NHL ready player, and he's just not been given like a full opportunity with, with the Rangers. I don't know what it is. You know, he's there's been games where he's played single digit minutes. He, uh, you know, he's had a 17 minute game, almost 18 minute game once. Otherwise, it's been anywhere from you know like 14 to 15 minutes max. Sometimes you know down to 12. I just I I don't get why you're wasting the talent of a player like this. Like he needs more ice time. Um, you know, you're not helping him out by playing him third line minutes. You're really not. If you're going to play him very little, um, you might as well send him to the American League, give him, you know, like first line minutes, po- top power play, even play penalty kill. Hell, and just, you know, just let him play. Like he's not going to get better just by chilling, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it's crazy to think about because Alexi Lafreniere, um, probably the best player out of the draft or the, the best draft prospect since what Rasmus Dahlin. So um, there was a lot of excitement around him and it's just the, the Rangers haven't taken the right situations and put him in the right situation. So I want to, I want to say this too, real quick, I'm sorry. I, I before I just like, because I, I saw this, I've seen this shit on, on Twitter and sorry, I'm cutting you off. I know, but Tim Schutzla is not better than Alexi Lafreniere. He's not a better prospect. He's not a currently better player. He's just getting different opportunities. Just that's it. Don't don't try to twist it any other way. Tim Schuessler should not have gone first overall. Alexi Lafreniere was the clear first overall pick. Just stop it. Who's got more points? Shut the hell up. You're, you're gonna be a points bitch. <laughs> oh, I mean, who's producing more? I mean, enough said, Chase. No, I mean, I'm yeah, not going to that argument. You know what? Yeah, you know what? You're, yeah, you better not. No, you'll get me real angry. Yeah, I know. And I, I do love doing that, but we are running on time. So, Chase, we're going to head to cocky name of the day. Um, as long as you didn't put the head coach there, I'll be. Oh, OK. Maybe I'd rather the head coach. Um, <laughs> we got Sebastiano Sorakrepa. See, how even bad was it? Sebastiano Sorakrepa. Sorakrepa. Soda crepe. Yeah, that's, that's my awesome Italian accent. That's actually just Irish. Um, that's great. Yeah, thanks. So, uh, yeah, Sebastiano is an Italian born. I mean, I, I don't really technically know what position he plays for HG Thurgaro, which is one of the uh, tops. It's not the top Swiss league. It's right below it. But he's listed as a forward slash D, so who knows what he actually does. But, you know, he, he's a 21-year-old Italian-born uh, hockey player, and he, he's a decent guy. You know, he's, he's played for Italy uh, internationally in the, in the U-20s. Uh, you know, he's played played in the Alps League, which is a, a decent pro league over there, and now he's playing in, in the SL, which is the, the second level in Switzerland, uh, getting decent opportunity. Eh, you know, fine player, not someone we'll see in the NHL. But, yeah, it just, it's just a great name. It really is. And a pretty easy name. I was very happy. There was a lot of letters. I got scared. But uh, once I, you know, did my first grade pronunciations, I was very happy that I was able to get that. But Chase, that'll do it for the episode. Let's let the people know how they can, you know, follow us, stay up to date and support us. Yeah. So if you guys like the sports on Patreon, we'd really appreciate that. Uh, You know, definitely not required. Uh, It wouldn't be just us. It'd be the whole network. You can get some exclusive content there. If you want to do that, that would be great. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, that's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at Hockey Podnet. That's at Hockey Podnet. There's another jersey giveaway that I don't remember if it started yet or if it's starting this week. Um, I was a little bit out of the loop this week, just recovering. So I, I don't remember exactly for sure. I apologize right now. Um, but regardless, like, why not get in on that? You can have a chance to win a free jersey. 
Um, and I don't even remember if I mentioned, but at, follow us on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod too. For, you know, you can get our football talk there. Um, make sure to check out the hockey podcast network.com. Find all the podcasts on the network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever listening, rate us five stars. Send us your questions, comments, concerns. And do not forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Absolutely. I, I don't know where you're listening from, but forecast looking beautiful. It's starting to warm up. So enjoy the weather and we'll talk to you guys next time.